0: Welcome to Innovations in Leadership, a Success League radio production. This is a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are designing and implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by the Success League, a consulting and training firm focused on developing customer success programs that drive revenue. My name is Kristen Heyer, and I'm the host of Innovations in Leadership and the founder and CEO of the Success League. Today I'm joined by Kim Landau, the Customer Success Solutions Manager for Monday.com. We're going to talk about the work she has been doing with the Monday.com scale team, and she'll be sharing her framework for working with a group that is designed to deliver CS at scale. So, Kim, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, thank you for having me. Happy to be here.
0: Before we dive into the topic, can you tell me about your own career path into customer success?
1: Okay. So I started my career path more than 20 years ago as a QA engineer and moving into management positions of QA groups and business analyst groups. And although it's not a pure CS role, this is where I first tasted the customer's needs and point of views. Yeah. So by understanding what we're aiming to deliver, thinking about the best customer's experience and trying to address their true needs. And this was all done through trying to envision how we expect customers to consume uh, the product. So today's yeah. Monday, uh, WorkOS. Um, and that's by receiving feedback from the field. And it gave me a good foundation for my journey as a customer success and customer facing roles. Got it.
0: Before, you know, official work in, in the technical side of things, did you have any jobs in high school or university that sort of would have led into customer success at all?
1: Uh, no, not really. I, okay. I studied English in university, so very different from what I'm doing today. Yeah,
0: you know, it's <laughs> funny. When I ask this question, there are a lot of people that study something completely different than, you know, sales or communications or business. There's been music majors on here. <laughs> and English major, you know, I think you might be our first English major. Really? So it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting to see what leads people into um, CS from a school standpoint?
1: Yeah. I think, I think most of my development was being at the right place at the right time and probably doing a good enough job uh, that helped me progress and develop my career. Yeah. Uh, But I think the fact that I'm a service oriented person really led me into looking into what customers are looking for. How can I help customers and how can i help anyone else who i'm working with so i think yeah. that's my driver and this is the foundation for being a good customer success manager yeah, right
0: absolutely i agree <laughs> um, i'd love to hear more about monday.com i will say i live in san francisco and there are monday.com ads everywhere here right now billboards <laughs> yes. are everywhere this su- you got a super bowl ad yeah tell us about what the company does and how your customer success team is organized
1: okay so we're basically we have a work OS and we're trying to boost uh, alignment and efficiency and productivity for any customers that are using the uh, platform okay uh, so we're allowing integrations of different tools and files everything is mapped into the work OS and of course we put a lot of focus and attention into communication and make it making it very easy for customers to communicate over the work OS and yeah. also, uh, getting feedback and uh, flexibility and how customizable the platform is. So this is basically the, the tool. Uh, and in terms of how we're structured, so we have four main groups in the customer success uh, organization. Okay. Well, now we have the fifth. Okay. Uh, but we have the implementation and onboarding group. Then we have two CSM groups. One is for scale CSMs. One is for high-touch CSMs. Okay. We have a renewals team. And okay. we have a new group, which is basically my group for solutions and programs, and okay. uh, which is really growing because we do see the need of alignment and some processes that need to be you know, looked into a strategic aspect and not only tactical. So
0: Yeah, that's great. So as we were preparing for this interview, you said that the Monday customer success skill team started about a year ago. Uh, what were the business drivers that made the company decide to begin that effort?
1: Basically, the the fact that we grew uh, both on the customer side and also the CSM side uh, helped made us come to the conclusion that we need to uh, service different customers differently. And the scale scale customers are customers that are a bit smaller, I would say, would probably need less attention from the CSMs. And we wanted to allow more customers to be managed by less individuals mm-hmm. uh, because we do think that this is the right model for these specific customers. So having a very big, like a differentiation between high touch and skill and uh, different mm-hmm. customers, different service levels and different needs. Yeah. So that was the foundation.
0: Okay. Um. Tell me about how you have your skill team structured.
1: So the skill team has two main... And domains I would say. We have okay. the rest of world uh, scale team which is managing EMEA and rest of world Australia um, and we have the US team who is managing yeah. all of the North American customers of course. Okay. Um, and in 2022 what we did is we subsegmented the scale customers a bit again. So okay. not only having them all scale but understanding that They vary and we have many of these customers and we need to give them different services. So we have uh, digital customers, we have light customers, which are customers we do want to be proactive with, not just reactive. And we have the premium ones, which are customers we identify have uh, more potential in growing and need our attention because they're a bit bigger in how they're currently structured.
0: Got it. Okay. Yes, yeah, so you've subsegmented segmented then your segment of scale customers. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Um, you know, a lot of people still today are kind of looking at their segment of customers that they would call scale or digital or something like that, and they're thinking of it as one big group. I think it's interesting to think of the needs of that group being different even within a group like that. I think it's really interesting. We can talk about this in a little bit because I know I'm going to have a question related to this. We sort of think about it as like almost micro segments inside of that long tail scale type of group, it's interesting. One thing I wanna make sure we talk about is the digital segment of your scale group. Um, I wanna ask about this because I think there's a lot of fear in customer success about digital CS. I think that it's it's true because we assume that digital means the customer is less important or that digital means they're gonna get a terrible experience. (laughs) Um, How do you think about what digital means? And how do you think about it maybe differently than that?
1: First, I can relate to the fact that it's, you know, causing some fear uh, for yeah. CSMs. And I think it's a new uh, approach to customers. And I think we need to be very careful into not, you know, identifying a group of customers all as only digital. But I think that we need to... Uh, make sure that we give them a hybrid approach. And this is what I think I, I wanted to say, I started saying before. So and sub-segmenting the digital uh, segment means that you're giving them a hybrid sever- service level. Mm-hmm. Some of it will be completely digital. Some of it will be more proactive because you will identify needs and you will see that customers consume the platform a bit differently. Uh, and the the ability and the understanding that you need to be hybrid, this is, you know, I think how you can refrain from being fearful about the, the segmentation. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, if you think about it as consumers, we have purely digital experiences all the time and they're mm-hmm. great. I love Amazon. <laughs> I know not everyone does, but I do. And I love I it so. in part because, you know, when I go to Amazon, they present me with stuff that I might be interested in, and I usually am, and I'll go click through it. So it's a it's a nice experience. And I've never talked to a single soul from Amazon. And yet they're presenting me with things that I'm interested in all the time. And so I think you can have really great purely digital experiences. The human side of it is really, I think, thinking through what do you need to deliver to your customers to get them what they need. And that takes a person or several people usually yeah. and and you know your product. So I, I think that there can be really great digital experiences and we should sort of start to think of it that way versus kind of that fear that everybody has about, oh, it's not going to be as good because it doesn't have a human.
1: No, I think, I think you're right, but I really think about, you know, what is the platform and how exactly, you know, people are consuming it. So, If we we'll take, for example, Amazon is a good example. I don't know if there are too many competitors. I would say to the right. Amazon <laughs> platform, right? So, yeah. uh, this is one thing. If we talk about um, SaaS platforms, which are, if you purchase just a product or you purchase a license, today it's very easy to move from one, uh, you know, product to another. And what I think makes the big differentiation is the service level. So, at the end of the day, you're not just another customer. You're not just another number within the customer, you know, amount of customers that we have. And if you do feel the personalized approach, even if it's how you said, uh, having tailored uh, ads that are relevant to your interest, or if it's a a CSM understanding or seeing that there is an issue or something that you would need help with and reaching out to you even if it's through email, uh, then I think that's what makes the change and that's what makes the difference. So it's not always a feature more or feature less, but I think it's the service level. And this is why I think we need to be hybrid.
0: Yeah, that's great. You mentioned that you're planning to expand your efforts to drive office hours for the scale customers. What tactics are you planning to employ to create that kind of engagement? What does an ideal office hour session look like for monday.com?
1: Okay. So office hours, basically we hold them twice a week um, Mm -hmm. and there's a registration page. We have a landing page to register to the office hours and the topics differ. So there are different topics for office hours. The way the office hours are uh, being handled is we have a CSM person who is hosting the office hour, presenting or walking through some feature demo or a very... A complex or interesting workflow that uh, we think customers can get value from or any other topic that is uh, relevant at that time. Uh, And we allow customers to watch and have uh, an active part in asking questions, bringing their model or their specific use cases into the discussion and having a real, real person answering them. Another thing that we're doing, which is also turning into office hours, or one of the call to actions is the office hours, is we have the one too many campaigns. So we can talk about it a bit uh, later on, but I think this is another approach of how we uh, expect customers to get into the office hours.
0: Yeah, that's great. You also said you're looking at various approaches to driving up feature consumption, including triggered notifications. How are you setting that up?
1: Um, so this would be mostly the one-to-many campaigns. Uh, And when we thought about the one-to-many campaigns, we had, uh, there are two approaches that we can uh, look at for one-to-many campaigns. You can either say, I want to define a healthy customer journey and then send trigger-based campaigns to customers that are not healthy on this uh, journey. Okay. Or you can say, let's map the features that are sticky features, uh, group them into a workflow or that's what we're doing. We're grouping them into a workflow or very nice use case that customers can get value from and send campaigns to all of the customers to help them, you know, uh, set up the, the same workflow, the same use case for, for themselves, giving them links to additional how-tos on the features that are part of this uh, campaign. Uh, and what we think is that it gives value to customers that are not using this And it also gives value to customers that are already using the feature because it's a different use case that they maybe never thought about before. And then we'll have a compelling office hour that will be talking about this same topic. So you're extending the campaign into a conversation. So this is the direction that we took or we're taking for 2022.
0: That's exciting. Who's doing the writing behind that? Are you working with your marketing team or are you doing that... Inside the CS team?
1: Uh, So it's inside the CS team. We have, I'm working with one of the CSMs who is assigned uh, to this project. uh, And she's uh, basically also getting help from the team members themselves. It's a very short, it should be very easy to consume, right? We were not planning to having a long article. We want customers to read it and not to send it to the trash bin. So uh, she's writing a short explanation about the topic, what we're going to present. There's a short Loom video, two or three minutes Loom video. And then there are links to additional content consumption if you're interested, and a link to office hours.
0: Oh, that's great. And I love that you're using video for that um, too. So I'm assuming your person who's doing the writing is also creating the video?
1: Yeah, she's. Yeah.
0: How do you like using Loom? That seems like a great tool. Yeah, it's a
1: very nice tool. Uh, it's very easy to consume, very easy to, uh, you know, take and retake and record again and again because many times you you're not following the same script that you wanted to uh, to run uh, when you first drafted it. Today in the di- digital world, I think it makes it a bit more a uh, personal approach if you're a, a real person recording your experience and uh, walking through. A solution, I think it's easier for people to consume this type of content.
0: Yeah, yeah. What tools do you have in place besides Loom to manage customer communications at at scale, and how are you using those?
1: Um, So, we're using Braze. Uh, This is our marketing platform, and we're using Braze to also send the campaigns. This will also allow us looking at if we're sending a campaign to a person who just received another campaign yesterday, maybe we'll choose to, you know, wait a few days or a week just to give them some breathing time. We don't want to great. bombard our customers with uh, uh, too many emails coming from us. Um, so uh, Braze allows us to do that and to look at the frequency and the people who receives uh, receive emails from them. So
0: That's great. How do you plan to measure the success of your scale team this year? What are the metrics that you see as most important for that group?
1: So we do have the metrics that are more around how do you uh, touch base with all of your customers or a portion of your customers in a quarter, uh, and also, of course, retention and expansion. This is goes without saying, right, for majority of the CSMs. But if I'm looking specifically at these two features that, are these two projects that I mentioned, uh, uh-huh. we're looking also at their success. Um, okay. So for the campaigns, we're looking at the open rates and click rates of the campaigns. And we do want to see how these fall into attendance in office hours, so also an uh-huh. increase in the office hours attendance. And another thing we'll do is we will measure The feature consumption for the sticky features that I mentioned, we're going to target in each of the campaigns. So, looking at how we consume, how a customer consumes them before the campaign goes out, and then a week after, two weeks after, and we'll define the cadence. Uh, So, this will be along the way; we'll get there as well. But uh, we're measuring from different uh, angles.
0: Got it. That makes sense. So if somebody's listening and they're thinking, I need to get started with a scale program or a digital program, what would you suggest? How would you have them think about getting started with that?
1: I think before defining strategy, you first need to think about who your customers are and how do you think would be the most beneficial way for them to be managed and serviced. And it really starts with that. You cannot define a scale direction or approach without fully understanding and tailoring it to your customers' needs. Uh, Because at the end of the day, customer success is that right from beginning to end, trying to profile the customers, their needs, the success metrics, and then understanding what would be the right way to manage them. It can be completely digital and it can be hybrid, um, but all about that.
0: Last question, and this is one that we ask all of our guests. What do you see as the biggest trend in customer success today and why?
1: I don't know if it's one trend uh, or something that is different. And I think I mentioned it many times over this, uh, like the past uh, few minutes. I think it's mostly around being hybrid and not, it's not a cookie cutter it's not we we cannot address all of the customers the same we need to give uh, different approaches to different customers and make sure that we have different csms with different skills supporting these customers so i think it's all around creating the hybrid notion around customers uh, and about and around csms also so yeah that's my <laughs>
0: I really like the idea of looking for micro segments inside of a customer base and little areas where, you know, maybe there's 10, 15, 20 customers every month that sort of fall into that little mini segment and um, you know what to do with them. And you have a team of CS people who are kind of looking at that micro segment every month and doing whatever it is to move the needle, whether it's do something to try to retain those clients or do something to you know, upsell those clients or do some expansion work or get them to adopt a feature or whatever it is. And if you kind of think about it that way, you can have all sorts of different little micro segments inside of your scale program right. kind of working, you know, across that base. And that can be really effective. I've actually run a few teams where where we looked at it that way. And I think it's interesting because you can then have have a very tailored experience, but it's not one by one, it's more like 10 or 20 at a time. And it's something maybe even more repeat, yeah, right. yeah.
1: But I think it's very similar to how we segment customers that are not scale, right? So we right. have SMBs, mid-market, enterprise, strategic. We have these customers and we're, okay. they're segmented into sub-segments of high touch, right? right? And we should have the equivalent under scale because yeah. this is usually a larger population of customers. Uh, and they're very different in how they consume, how big they are, how big they can become. Uh, And that's why you need to give the same experience and make sure that you understand what can be the trigger for these customers to retain and to grow.
0: Yeah, it it can be really interesting too. It can be things you didn't really think about, I think, that helps you make those sub-segments. We had a client really recently where, you know, it was a pretty homogenous looking group of customers on the surface, but when we dug down and started looking at behavior, the behavior differentiator was groups that were more technical and groups that were less technical, and they behaved completely differently, even though on the surface, the companies themselves looked really similar. Mm -hmm. And we had another customer where we were looking at, do they have sort of an admin who's running the program or not? And that was the big differentiator in terms of how those customers behaved. Um, So, you know, I think you can get really creative and think pretty broadly about what makes people fall into those different sub-segments.
1: So I think that the The tip to succeed behind that is to look at the data in yeah. general, not to ask a question before you look at the data, and the data yeah. can give you the questions basically. Yeah. And so you can understand if you want to segment them that by their size currently, by their potential, by their industry, by their uh, you know techno- technological capabilities. So you can you know subsegment it in so many different ways, and then give the right experience to the right subsegment. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, Kim, thanks so much for taking the time to join me on the podcast today. If someone wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to
1: get in touch? I think LinkedIn is the the best platform, right?
0: Okay, great. So look for Kim Landau on LinkedIn. Thank you so much, Kim.
1: Thank you for having me. I had a really nice time.
0: I'd also like to thank our producer, Russell Bourne, and our audio expert, Nico Rivers. This podcast is a production of Success League Radio. To learn more about the Success League's consulting and training offerings, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io. For more great customer success content, follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSLCustomers on Twitter. You can subscribe to Success League Radio on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.